New Thought Media Network. We are a global broadcast network of positive music, media, and entertainment. Inspiring humanity's evolution along the journey of enlightenment and creating a world of love, peace, empowerment, and prosperity for all. New Thought Media Network. Positively inspiring. Hello again, dear ones, Dr. Robert with you here on a Friday night. It's five o'clock on the Mountain Time Zone, and that means it is time for the good news. So grateful that you are with us. Life is good. Yes, it is. You got a feeling this is our brother Diego all the way up Camp Cedar Ridge. Good evening, sir. Good to see you. Not sure why uh, Facebook doesn't have you as an authorized user, but uh, it's good to see you nonetheless. Grateful that you are with us. All right, folks. Uh, anyone else that's watching along, feel free to chat along, chime along, drop a comment if you like as we go. Let's jump into it. Here is the story of the decade. Uh, from my opinion, if uh, and, and it sounds like something right out of a horror movie, Sydney T- Moore, Sydney Moore, uh, was in her mobile home when the recent tornado hit Clarksville, Tennessee. Uh, as she watched the roof of her home being pulled into the tornado funnel, she also watched the bassinet containing her four-month-old son, appropriately named Lord into the tornado funnel as well. Uh, Sydney was able to throw herself on top of her one-year-old son uh, as the walls of their mobile home collapsed. Her husband was injured by the force of it all, uh, and they went searching for little baby Lord as well. Her sister, uh, and then she said it, it was, there was the miracle. It was like a little tree cradle. Now, the child had a couple of little scrapes and cuts, but other than that was unharmed and nestled uh, in the the cradle of a tree branches in the middle of a tornado. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Yes, a GoFundMe was set up uh, for the family to help them replace what was lost. And uh, little baby Lord is safe and... uh, doesn't seem to remember <laughs> any of it at this point. Uh, and at that age, probably won't actually have uh, the physical memory of it. Amazing. Hey, here's another good news story. <clears throat> Excuse me. Another good news story that I found, and we've reported on Reed Markham before. Reed's been doing what he's doing for about seven years now. 
Uh, it all started back when he was a youngster and was being bullied in school. He was a little bit of a shy child, but also realized uh, that many, uh, and this all started when he was in fifth grade, uh, that many of his friends might not have uh, presents under the tree. Uh, it turns out that Reed lives in a very impoverished area. And uh, so he took it on along with his mother, Angie Miller, uh, to start a, a project for his 4-H project uh, of donating toys. Now, the response was great. And uh, last year, uh, and actually this year, they're intending to give away 10,000 toys that they have stockpiled and are ready to be handed out over the next few days. Uh, that brings them to a total of 54,000 toys over a seven-year period. Now, Reed is a freshman at uh, college at this point, so he made the trip home for the holidays, seen there with some of the toys that will be donated. He does also consider, uh, he looks for other ways to pay it forward. The kindness of his family received more than a decade ago. Uh, he started other charitable programs. He holds silent auctions to benefit pediatric cancer patients and uh, also had started a backpack giveaway uh, that he started with his mom when he was just 11 years old. Area residents tell local newspapers that he catalyzed everyone in the community and everyone wants to get involved in his work in some way the paper said his activities have raised more than $3.5 million in charitable contributions. <laughs> right on, Mr. Markham Reed, you're doing a great job out there. Hey, folks, you know, we get most of our stories over at the goodnewsnetwork.org. We encourage you to drop over there, give them some of the love and attention that they deserve. And if you know of a good news story you'd like us to cover, please drop us an email, goodnews at ntmedia.org. Please feel free to share the good news stories you're seeing in the world with us. And we'll, uh, if it fits in with our storyline, we'll add them into a broadcast and feature you as the contributor as well. So we'd love to have you join us here on the Good News Network. All right, back into the stories. This one I found really, really interesting. Uh, a, it's a public-private partnership. And what's happening is one of the world's largest nuclear waste facility treatment, uh, treatment facilities has begun operations as liquid and solid waste is turned into large bricks of non-radioactive glass. Yes, the Hannaford cleanup site, nuclear cleanup site in Washington state, uh, was commissioned by the Department of Energy, it takes nuclear waste and mixes it with traditional glass forming materials at very high temperatures to make solid glass that can safely be stored underground. Now, uh, one of the main concerns is this is mostly plutonium produced for nuclear warheads during the Cold War. And uh, there were 56 million gallons of radioactive plutonium and other ma materials in both solid and liquid forms uh, from those warheads. So when you take all this stuff and you heat it up to about 2100 degrees Fahrenheit, at the Hannaford site, radioactive waste mixes with the glass material in a molten state, and then they pour it into stainless steel, steel canisters where it, where it cools to become stable and storable. 
The multi-billion dollar facility recently moved ahead to build the first of two 300-ton melters. And after a successful test, saw a 300,000 pounds of vitrified glass produced. With the first container of glass produced, we are entering the next era of risk reduction in the Hannaford Environmental Cleanup Mission as we work towards the, the start of tank waste immobilization. That's according to the site manager in the Department of Energy site manager, Brian Vance. Good news coming in the world of nuclear waste. We can turn it into glass, keep it buried, keep it safe and hopefully not harm any further generations. Hey, here's a story I found about paying it forward. And in one of those great ways, uh, this is billionaire and founder of Cirque du Soleil, Guy Lambierte. Uh, he's donated a piece of land that he owns uh, in a suburb of Montreal. The value of the piece is about $5 million U.S., uh, the founder of Circular is donating all the money required for his hometown to protect a large piece of natural riparian woodland and wetlands that sits adjacent to it. A suburb of Montreal in the south bank of the St. Lawrence River, St. Bruno de Monterville, received $5 million from the from uh, Mr. Lambierte, their most famous resident for the purchase. He said, it is with great pleasure that I offer this land to the city, the city where I grew up and where I still live. I've been going to the park since my childhood, and that is why I was quick to accept the city's proposal when they offered to make this space protected place that all residents would enjoy. What a great, great story. You know, folks, we may not have five million to give, uh, but I bet we all have five bucks to give. And I bet there is a good cause in your heart uh, that you could easily give that five dollars to. Perhaps it's New Thought Media Network. As we approach the end of our season and the end of our year, uh, we would love for you to consider making a year end donation above and beyond what you do normally do to help us continue doing this great work into the new year. And bringing this powerful pro this powerful programming out into the world. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more good news stories here on the Good News on New Thought Media Network. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Yes, dear ones, we invite you to join our new thought on social media. We have our own social media platform available for you now over at ntmedia.org. Look for the button that says community in the top menu bar. Click that. Sign up is real quick and easy. And best of all, there's no cost to you. This is entirely free to anyone that wants to be a part of the new thought media network family. Please consider joining us at ntmedia.org.
All right, back into the good news. I like this next story mostly, well, because it happens in my adopted home state of Colorado. And number two, it involves wolves. Uh, this past week, in a significant step towards wildlife conservation, Colorado Parks and Wildlife executed a historic release of five gray wolves. Yes, I know that one's black colored. It's still gray. Into the public land in Grand County, marking the commencement of a voter-approved reintroduction program. Now, the wolves were originally captured in Oregon, uh, went through extensive evaluations by Colorado Parks and Wildlife to make sure uh, that we were releasing some healthy, good animals into the wild and those who would have a chance of uh, not being genetically too close to each other. Each wolf has been equipped with a GPS satellite collar to facilitate tracking. Uh, and uh, I don't know if there's a, a tracking site up yet, but it'll be fun to see how they do and where they head uh, now that they've been released into the Colorado wilds. Uh, this release is part of a broader plan outlined in the Colorado Wolf Restoration and Management Plan, which envisions the reintroduction of 10 to 15 wolves in Colorado by mid-March of 2024. So we've got five, and that means we've got another 10 to five to 10 to go between now and mid-March. Uh, Parks and Wildlife also intend to release 30 to 50 wolves total over the next three to five years. Today, history was made in Colorado for the first time since the 1940s. The howl of wolves will officially return to western Colorado. The, the return of wolves fulfills the will of voters who in 2020 passed an initiative requiring the reintroduction of wolves starting by December 31st, 2023. So we just made it under the wire there. This is all according is all a quote by Colorado Governor Jared Polis. Good news. The wolves have returned to Colorado. All right. And here's a, another. I like this one. This is something I want to do. And you might want to do this next thing in your city or your town as well. Uh, this is happening in Mesa, Arizona. Uh, Sherry Monson and her niece Kendra have been collecting hats and scarves and gloves and other warm apparel and putting them on statues. Now, this marks the fourth winter of their initiative. Uh, the, they started collecting the hats and scarves from family and friends, thrift stores, and they put them on statues about 15 to 18 at a time. They say the items disappear almost immediately, rather quickly, and they uh, they presume they're taken by individuals seeking a warmer life. I hope more people do it. And even if they don't attend a church, many churches collect clothes and food for the homeless, or individuals can donate their time to food kitchens. This is all according to Sherry Monson. Uh, she also said we can uh, we all can make a difference. Every single person has the power to contribute. Find something you can do to help others. I personally believe that's our purpose on earth. I agree with you, Sherry. And I believe most of the folks watching New Thought Media Network would agree with you as well. Find something you can do to help others. This holiday season, no matter what holiday it is you celebrate this holiday season, find a way to help others. And that's exactly what's happening uh, in Poland. Now, with a name like Brzezinski, anytime a good a good Polish news story shows up, you, you take a notion. 
And here is another one. There it is. Uh, the Polish parliament has uh, set about to host a Christmas Eve meal for those that are homeless or in otherwise in need. It's a heartwarming initiative to spread joy and warmth this festive season. Uh, it, they're going to host. This is the first time they, they're doing it. It's spearheaded by their new speakers, Simone Halloween, Halloween. I'm sorry, sir. I'm saying that improperly. Uh, it's part of a broader plan to enhance the image of the parliament and make it a more inclusive space. So they're doing this on the parliament grounds uh, in the main hall in their, what they call their column hall. It's the largest space in the parliament outside of the plenary chamber. However, they felt that would not be appropriate. Uh, the parliamentary catering service is going to provide the food and the festivities. Spe the speaker's vision for the Christmas Eve gathering is to dedicate it to individuals experiencing difficult life situations such as homelessness, loneliness, and migration. Applications for participation have been sent to non-governmental organizations, underscoring a collaborative effort to identify and invite those who would most benefit from this gesture of goodwill, this the Polish par the Polish Parliament say that five times fast, Robert. The Polish Parliament feeding the hungry. What a great story, folks! We're going to take another real quick break. Let me grab a quick drink of water and let a couple of our sponsors say hello. But don't go away. We'll be back with our wrap up stories, including this week's hero of the week. So you'll want to make sure you catch that. We'll be back. Stay tuned here on New Thought Media Network. Help us say thank you to our organizational sponsors, including the Hefferlin Foundation, Affiliated New Thought Network, International New Thought Alliance, Science of Mind Archives and Library Foundation, Center for Spiritual Living Denver, Center for Spiritual Living Midtown, New Thought Philadelphia, Planned Happiness Institute, Summit Center for Spiritual Living, One Heart Retreats, Center for Spiritual Living on the Lake, Unity Spiritual Center, Kitchener, Ohm Center for Spiritual Living, La Mesa, Satya Center, Center for Spiritual Living, North Jersey, Unity of Savannah, and Center for Spiritual Living, Seattle, as well as all of our individual donors. Thank you for making New Thought Media Network a place to be. Please 
come be you. And remember, like, share, and subscribe. New Thought Media Network, positively inspiring. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you to all of the organizational sponsors and individual donors that make this network possible, that allow us to take these messages of good and this vision of a world that works better for all out into the world. We appreciate you. We love you. If you'd like to become part of this mighty network, consider making a recurring donation over at ntmedia.org forward slash donate real easy to do. Five bucks a month goes a long, long way to helping us keep this message on the air. All right, back into the good news. As we approach the holiday season uh, with Christmas right around the corner, there's all kinds of stories that have made their way across my desk. And this next one uh, is one of those heart warmers. In 2017, Barbara Rotunda and Jean Terrell McDonald, uh, two friends from St. Petersburg, decided they wanted to spread a little holiday spirit to residents of a local nursing home. Uh, they each spent about $120 and provided gifts for a dozen or so people. Well, that effort has continued and flourished. Fast forward to last year at this time, and they had uh, the opportunity to gift over 400 individuals across five different nursing homes uh, with gifts on the Christmas holiday. Uh, this past July, they made it all official and launched the Residence Home. It's, an, it's a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Uh, they have one primary initiative, and that is the Christmas Giving Event. They started reaching out to nursing homes and donors for the gifts. Uh, they do a lot of personal shopping and try to find something that's personal for each of the recipients. Wrap them themselves, give them a signature and a bow, and get it all ready for Christmas delivery. Residence Hope has become a beacon of hope for seniors in nursing homes, offering not just gifts, but a sense of community and connection during the holiday seasons. The organization's impact continues to grow and the founders are determined to make each Christmas brighter for those who may otherwise be forgotten. That is all according to their website. You can learn more about Residence Hope and consider maybe doing something similar in your neighborhood. All right, next up, this is another one. Take a look at this little boy's arm. Uh, now this guy's out of, his name is Harry. He lives in La uh, Lancashire, Lancashire, England. And uh, Harry was uh, born without a lower right arm. Now, the thanks to a uh, engineering and manufacturing company in the UK called Open Bionics, they have what's called the Hero Arm. Uh, these arms are available in over 800 locations in the U.S., U.K., Europe, Australia, and New Zealand. And what happened here is Harry overwent some trials and uh, was able to prove that he would be able to use the arm properly. So the National Health Services of the U.K. paid for the majority of it on his behalf. Uh, now, the manufacturer does offer other than Iron Man motif to arms. Uh, they do offer prosthetics with other hero themes. And uh, young Harry wanted the, uh, wanted the Iron Man. Uh, his grandmother said when he got it yesterday, he was just beaming. He couldn't wait to show everybody. Uh, he'll now be able to really get into the festive spirit. 
and he can pull uh, Christmas crackers with both hands now, which we, he was never able to do. Again, that's according to his grandmother, Susan. Congratulations, Harry. What a great Christmas gift. A new arm. A bionic arm. It's not bionic. It's a prosthetic arm. But I love the story nonetheless. And hey, here's another one. This time of the year, it's so easy to find these great stories. And this one comes to us from India. A group of considerate young people calling themselves the Good Fellows are changing the lives of India's senior citizens by pairing them with volunteer grandchildren. Now, the whole program is meant to combat loneliness and help bring these elders back into society. The organization allows the members uh, allows members of the elders' family to nominate them as a grand pal in search of one of these good fellows. Now, typically this happens when the person's spouse or closest family members just aren't around any longer. Uh, the, uh, today they have a team of 65 young men and women between the ages of 18 and 24 and over 400 grand pals that are signed up. Once someone is nominated, they do a recruitment process to make sure that they can pair the grand pal up with the proper good fellow. This is really a great story. And I, I've come across all these stories, folks, and I keep thinking, how can we implement this here in our neighborhoods and in our communities? A simple idea of providing friendship and companionship to someone. And we all can tell exactly how much of a difference that's going to make in all these folks' lives. Hey, you know, I've promised you, we do our Hero of the Week every week here on Fridays on the Good News. And today's no difference. It's time for your Hero of the Week Award. I'd like to introduce you to Christy Crystal and her friend, Dave Poland. Now, back when Christy was Crystal was six years old, uh, Dave was a volunteer hospital driver, and he was transporting Crystal back and forth from her home in Somerville, Indiana, to uh, Shriners Children's Hospital in St. Louis. That's about 170 miles one way. He was uh, getting her back and forth to St. Louis would have been very difficult for Crystal's family. Her father worked very long hours and they accepted an offer of hospital transportation from the local Shriners charity group. Now, over the course of 10 different trips, uh, Dave and Crystal got to know each other as you would over that long of a drive, three hours each way, 10 different, in fact, so uh, it was no... Uh, it was no surprise when they struck up a friendship. Dave was eventually invited to Crystal's wedding as well. And then as the years rolled by, Dave became sick. And eventually the doctors diagnosed him with end-stage renal failure. The only option was a kidney donation. And it could be several years uh, before that would happen. Well, he called Crystal to share and she immediately saw an opportunity to return the favor from decades earlier. Uh, she found out they did share the same blood type and so without hesitation offered to donate a kidney. 
Dave was shocked and hesitant as he knew Crystal was a mother with three kids and a full-time job, but he said she wouldn't take no for an answer. So in May of this past year, after a little over a year on dialysis, Dave said, okay. Crystal laughed and said, pack your bags, Dave. You're going to get a new used, but or you're going to get a slightly used, but new kidney. Crystal also said that since I was little, I've always questioned why Dave was so good to us because he was so kind and so willing to help us out with anything. I've always questioned why. What I've come to understand is if I was born with one leg so I could give my kidney to Dave, then so be it. This is a gift I can't ever repay, said Dave. I'm so thankful now. I feel like I can do anything. Crystal, thank you for being our hero of the week. And Dave, we're giving you an honorary hero for all those drives all those many years ago. There you go, folks. That's it for tonight. That's the good news. Thanks for being with us here on the New Thought Media Network. We look forward to being with you again real soon. And stay tuned in just a half an hour. It's the Fireside Chat with Reverend Michael Mangus. Starts at 6 o'clock Mountain Time. Join us for that. Evening prayers at 8.15. And we'll be back tomorrow with our Science of Mind and Spirit conversation series. That happens at 9 a.m. Mountain. Until next time, I wish you peace and richest blessings. Bye now.